Hello, Andre here. Welcome to another episode of The Daily. Good morning. I hope that you are well. Let's begin with the podcast. This morning, I'm going to be reading from a psalm that has really encouraged me in this time. As I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, that in this time, it's very easy for us to allow our emotional state and our worldview to be really much defined and influenced by what we see on social media and what we see come out through the various news outlet. But it's important for us as the people of God, if we so desire to remain in hope, to be resolute in faith, to view the world the way God views the world, we need to have our emotions and perspectives be informed through times of prayer and scripture. And so I can't think of a better time like this one to just go deep into God's word. And so I want to encourage you to pick up reading plans, use commentaries even as you read the word of God, make it a goal, make it a plan to read a psalm a day. I believe it's uh, one, going to be really nourishing for your soul, but two, it's really going to keep you grounded in hope, in peace, in a time of unrest. And so today I'm just going to read through Psalm 33, share some thoughts, and we're going to end with a time of prayer together. Psalm 33 verse 1, it starts off like this. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous, for it is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Praise the Lord with the harp, make music to Him on the ten-string lyre, sing to Him a new song, play skillfully and shout for joy. Now these first three lines in Psalm 33 really picks up from where Psalm 32 left off, where Psalm 32 really calls for believers, for those who are righteous, to sing praises to God. And it's almost as though these three verses affirms or is an elaboration of Psalm 32. Now we are called as a people of God to rejoice in the Lord. We see this all through scripture, particularly in the writings of Paul. But I'd like to pick up on that word in that first verse, that it is fitting for the upright to praise him. In some translations, it translates to it is beautiful for the upright or righteous to praise him. In the lexicon, it translates to this, it is becoming of the upright to praise him. It is as though to say that a key trait of those who are righteous, of those who are walking rightly with the Lord, is that they are joyful, they are rejoicing, they are praising the Lord. And it is not a kind of praise that is uh, stoic, but it's a praise that looks like singing, playing skillfully. The psalmist even talks about shouting for joy. Now I remember I was once in a conference, I was there uh, on a ministry team, I was traveling with a pastor, and I was there to uh, really pray and minister to people. And I had a seat on the front row. And during the time of worship, many people just rushed to the front. And I remember there was a lady that was standing right in front of me. And as the band counted to the first song, she went absolutely ballistic. I'm talking jumping, twirling, shouting, crying, shaking. I'm pretty sure she would have done somersaults if she had the room. Now, I would admit to say I was pretty bothered by all of that passion, I found it super duper distracting. And as the worship time concluded, I remember the pastor coming up on stage and singling out this woman 
And she came up and shared a testimony. She had gone through a ton of pain and circumstances and had recently come to know the Lord. And she was so joyful and so passionate because she was so grateful. She was so thankful for the joy that she has found in the Lord. And right there and then, I realized that it wasn't the lady that had a problem. It was me. It was I who had a problem. I had to come to a place in my own walk where I tolerated a lack of zeal and passion. And I thought this kind of stoic approach to worship where I just like put my hands in my pocket, I would raise my one arm every now and then. I thought this expression of worship meant that like I was very mature. I was a seasoned pro in church. But really, it was just a lack of passion. And I realized that acts of passion and reckless devotion will offend those who lack passion. Think about the disciples when they witnessed that act of reckless devotion as Mary broke that jar of perfume worth a year's wages. And yet Jesus said that this act would be talked about, would be recounted, would be remembered wherever the gospel is preached. In case in point, we're still talking about it today. There is something about passion, there's something about acts of reckless devotion that leaves a mark on the heart of God. And though the act is but for a moment, the impact of that act goes beyond what we can see. It transcends time. It impacts the very heart of God. And Psalm 33 starts off with this. It is fitting. It is right. It is becoming for those who are upright, for those who are righteous, to praise Him, to shout for joy. The more mature you are, the more righteous you are, the greater your joy, the greater your shout. Let's read down further. In verse 4, it says this, For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Verse 5, The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. Now, that line there, right? The Lord loves righteousness and justice. I think this is a line that we need to think about, ponder, consider, meditate on, even as we view much of the injustice and the evil that's rising up in societies and nations and cities all around the world. The Lord loves justice. Justice is on his heart. And many times when we pray to God, where we intercede for various needs, where we pray against evil, we often do so with an image of God on his throne. He is uncaring, he is unfazed, he's not concerned. And we come to him begging him to do something, begging him to move, begging him to heal, begging him to deliver. As if to say we are more merciful, more kind, more loving than he is. So we need to beg him to do something. But let us be reminded that the Lord loves righteousness. He loves justice. Much of what's happening on the earth right now breaks his heart. And in prayer, in intercession, in coming to him, we do so knowing that we are praying and communing with a God who is concerned, who is loving, who is kind, who is broken by injustice. And ask that our prayers, our words, our thoughts and deeds come into alignment with his heart. The Lord loves righteousness. He loves 
justice. Let's read the last chunk of scripture. Verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Verse 8. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Verse 10, the Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Verse 8 says this, amazing line, for he spoke, for God spoke and it came to be. It is to say that God never speaks empty words. His words, every single word he speaks is full of active power to ensure their fulfillment. That is to say, no promise of God, no word of scripture will remain unfulfilled, will return unto God void. And this is such an important truth for us to re-grasp in a time where there is such hopelessness, where the future seems bleak, let us hold fast once again to the promise of God, be it through prophetic words, be it through the words of scripture, or in times of meditation where God speaks to you. Hold fast to the promises of God because God is faithful, He is true, He is powerful, He is good, and the words that He speaks will come to pass, for He spoke and it came to be just as he spoke the earth all that we see into existence that same power that turned what was spoken into what is that same power resides in every divine promise over your life and let's look at one last verse verse 11 but the plans of the lord stand firm forever the purposes of his heart through all generations in the context, it says that the plans of the nation, the purposes of the people, they may fail, but the plans of the Lord stands firm forever. Now, this is such an encouraging word because we're seeing the systems of the world failing in this time. We're seeing a limitation to human intellect, to human ingenuity. And it is so assuring to know that God's plan, His counsel, His will, will endure, will stand firm forever. Even in this time where much is being shaken and broken down, we know that God's word, God's truth, God's holy church will stand firm even in times of trouble. And it's also super assuring for me, even as I read this, that God's plan, His plan, His purpose will last forever, that there's nothing that can put a stop to it. And sometimes, you know, I feel when I make certain mistakes in life or in my decision making, I feel as though uh, there's much weight on my shoulders, there's much weight on my life, you know, I don't want to make the wrong decision and uh, mess up the plan of God. But even as I read this, I am reminded that no matter what I do, no matter what I choose, God's plan, His will, will stand firm forever. And while every decision I make should be prayerful, it should be discerned, it should be bounced off with guys who are wiser than I am, but at the end of the day, no matter what I choose, no matter what I plan, no matter what I do, God's plan, His will, will last, will stand firm forever.
neither I nor any man on planet Earth has the ability to foil, to mess up God's plan and God's will. And I'm so, so grateful for that. And so we've just read through half of Psalm 33. Let's end this time in a moment of prayer, even as we consider all that we have read and talked about in the last 10 minutes. We are called to sing, to shout for joy as ones who are made righteous through Christ's work on the cross. That our passion levels shouldn't deteriorate even as we grow in the Lord. It should increase. We should uh, be even more joyful, glad, jubilant, even as we mature in the Lord. And we're reminded in this psalm that God loves justice. In this time where we're seeing much injustice in our world, let us remind us that we serve a king, a God who is on his throne, who loves justice, who desires to bring shalom, his kingdom, into the nations of the world. And while we may plan, we may scheme, while there may be systems that rise and fall, God's plan, his purposes will be accomplished through all the generations. It will stand firm forever. And in this, we delight. In this, we rejoice that we serve a God who is steadfast, who is true, who is loving, who is kind, who will ensure that all that he has spoken and purpose to do will be accomplished, will come to past. Psalm 33 concludes in this manner, in verse 22, May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. And so this morning, in light of all that we heard about God and his nature and character, let us in this moment put our hope in God and ask for his love to be felt, even in this moment, wherever we are at, in our homes, on our way to work. May his love rest upon us in such a tangible way. And may we in this time put our hope in God. Even while much is telling us to put our hope in things of the earth, in our careers, in our wealth, in our skills, as the people of God, we put our hope in God because he is unshakable. The things of the earth, they will shake, they will crumble, they will fade away but our God will never fail. And so I want to invite you this day to quieten down your hearts, get into a comfortable position. If you're at home, I encourage you to sit down, your hands on your laps, and just take a moment to be quiet, to be still. If you're on your way to work, I encourage you as best as you can to enter into a posture of stillness, of quiet. And as you're getting comfortable, I want to invite you to become even aware of your breathing right now. As you're sitting down or standing, you're taking in a breath and you're breathing it out. As you do so, I want you to imagine in your head that with every breath you take in, you are breathing in God's spirit, his love and his hope. Right now, take a deep breath. And as you breathe out, I invite you to breathe out any anxiety you might be feeling, that tension or weight that's upon your shoulders, take a breath out. As you do so, breathe in again and breathe in His hope, His love, and let it fill up your lungs 
and trust that even as the air is filling up your lungs, your soul is being filled up with God's hope and love. And breathe out once again every fear, worry, anxiety that you've picked up during the week. Give it all to God. And this day, let's put our hope in God. Let's cast our hope in Him, in His unfailing love and goodness. And so let's spend a few moments this morning just breathing, being present even in our breathing, and trust that the Spirit is working something deep within our souls. Let's take a moment this morning. Awesome. Let me pray for you even as you begin your day. I'm praying for you this morning from the last three verses of Psalm 33. I pray for you today that you will wait in hope for God, that you will experience Him as your help and as your shield, that in His name, in your heart, you will rejoice as you trust in His holy name. And may God's unfailing love be with you even as you put your hope in Him. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Daily. This is our last one for the week. We'll have a fresh new episode out for you next week. Have a great weekend ahead. Have a blessed day. Grace and peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Daily Podcast. We'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.